Welcome to the Unlocking Unlimited Potential Stories show. I'm so excited to be here with you all. Excited to have my special guest who I just realized is my first official teacher of language learners, teacher of L's, Andrea Bittner. Welcome to the show. How you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me today. And that's wild. There are so many L teachers out there rocking it. So I'm excited to be here. There are so many L teachers, so many L students, and so many L's out there who don't even realize that they're L's. So <laughs> yes, I get it. They're they're out there. I'm super excited to dive into this. You know, we connected a little while back, and as soon as I you started telling me about your book and the story behind your book, Take Me Home, it really caught my attention, and I immediately said we have to record a show because of our shared interests and. You know, my shared background of research, working with teachers of language learners, emergent bilinguals, whatever label, whatever thing you want to title it, whatever it is, but working with learners who are experiencing things like immigration challenges um, at home with, you know, first generation and so much more. Tell us a little bit about who you are, first of all, where you and, and then we'll kind of walk into your story. Okay, so I am a proud uh, English language learner teacher, and I'm in my 22nd year of teaching. Didn't start out that way, started out as a high school English teacher, straight out of college, hired over the weekend, and uh, was quickly placed in a high school with students who couldn't read. And when I was in school, it wasn't an area we had really studied on remedial strategies and strategies to help students who were struggling. So I had a hard time when I first started teaching, understanding what to do. So I went back to school again pretty quickly and got a master's in reading and spent two years in that program and started to work with small groups of students in grades uh, K to eight in that realm. And at that time, I got the privilege of starting to work with else with English language learners. And I got really curious about that field and had this great, uh, great partner named Mike next to me who started to teach me about these awesome kids and families. And so I went back to school again and uh, got my certification working with English language learners. And so ever since that time, for about 15 of my 22 years, I've spent working with English language learners and uh, Title I reading support. So you basically see the challenge and you raise your hand and you jump right in and you say... If that's challenging, I'm going <laughs> to jump in and show you that, you know, that I can do it. Not that it's not challenging because we can mm -hmm. never forget the challenge that we endure along the way. God, and now it's led you to writing a book and starting to speak more consistently, of course, now that we're back in person and you have a, you just finished school last week and now you have a, a an exciting summer plan. Talk a little bit about that journey and how the book Take Me Home came about. Yes. So about 10 years ago, I was working at a high school level. I worked with every level of student in my career. And I had about 40 L's at the high school with about 25 different languages. So I live right outside of Philadelphia in the suburbs. And so those types of students that we have come from all walks of life. I had students who had crossed the border. I had students who were born here. I had students who had waited 10 years for a visa and came later after mom and dad. I had students who had come first. I had exchange students. I had adopted students. So we had a vast variety of L's within our community. 
And we had built this real sense of partnership and camaraderie with this huge banner we had in the classroom and it was called, What's Your Plan? And as a high school L teacher, I knew that we were their chance for a free ticket, right? This is it, you know, they were the chance at a free education for the amount of time that we had them before they had to step into the next chapter of the real world. So this What's Your Plan mantra involved our current students and our alumni students. And every year we would have this senior t-shirt day where our alumni L students would come back who were now all young bilingual professionals out in the world. And they would celebrate the current seniors and our undergraduates would decorate the classroom that day. And they would be presented the seniors with this t-shirt. And it would say where they were going next, whether it was entrepreneurship, military, training, college, university work, whatever it was, we were there to celebrate that they had completed this chapter of their plan and the seniors would get to sign this banner. And so we had this huge community, not in addition to myself and the kids and the families, but in the teachers in this mantra of what's your plan? You have to have one. It can't be I'm only surviving here in the U.S. and or it can't be I'm just going back to my country because your parents work too hard to give you this opportunity. And so at that time, I had this particular group of uh, students, uh, the Lopez family, and I had taught all seven of their children, all the way from Sergio, and they happen to be from the country of Salvador, all the way down to Nancy, the only female. And I've traveled to Salvador a few times myself to do some work with some schools down there. So I was very familiar with the family and the where they came from and, and everything that goes with it. And so I taught all these students and they all went through this what's your plan mentality and program and they traveled and about a year after i finished teaching nancy i was teaching one day and there were a bunch of helicopters outside and i thought wow like i hope everything's okay there's a lot of helicopters out there today i wonder what's going on and my district happens to be surrounded by a lot of train tracks and so about an hour after i was teaching my principal came down to get me to tell me that one of my students had been hit by the train and that student was Nancy and she had graduated the year before. And so we, we were obviously, you know, traumatized by this experience. Unfortunately, she made a choice that day when we saw the video later to walk along the inside of the train tracks and she had headphones on and she didn't hear the Acela. So she was clipped from behind by the Acela that day. And one of the most troublesome parts of that day, in addition to, you know, how it just completely wrenched and gutted our, our Yale family, was that mom and dad were, st were still learning English themselves. So there was no one immediately available on the force or within the local community that spoke Spanish. So mom and dad were notified and they could put together that something had happened and that one of their children had been hurt, but they couldn't figure out who it was. So they went up to the train track and they stood there for hours waiting and trying to make phone calls to all the different kids and figured out which one had passed away. And so when I was notified and it took me some time to get up there after, we spent the next few weeks really navigating with them this entire experience. So we were navigating not only the what had happened that day, but the funeral process and the visa process and the immigration process and working with local law enforcement and working with the funeral parlor to navigate all the options and get things for free so they could figure out you know, how to bury their daughter. And so we went through this experience and it took a few weeks to bury Nancy and pay her respects. And one of my jobs at the funeral was to write this short poem. And so I wrote a poem, and at the time, it was one of my jobs to speak, and I called it Take Me Home. And at that time, what it was, was an homage to Nancy's 
uh, life. She happened to be one of my students that had crossed the border. And so I put that away and I moved forward with teaching and working with these awesome kids. And a few months later, I saw that piece of paper with that poem sitting out on my desk. And I thought, well, maybe somebody could use this story. Maybe, you know, her passing and, and her experiences in life could help someone. So I sent it out on a whim to a bunch of publishers. And a few months later, a, a publisher gets back to me and they're like, hey, Andrea, we really liked your poem, but we don't want you to write a poem. We want you to write a book and we're going to give you six months to do it. And if you come back with something we like, we're going to take you on and publish it. So I started to think about it and I thought, well, I don't just want to tell her story. I want to tell all their stories because they're so different. And everybody thinks that L's are the same and they're not. And so I went back and I took those six months and I interviewed 11 of my former English language learners from almost every continent who are now in their late 20s and early 30s. And they hit almost every one of those experiences that we talked about before. And I said to them, you know, guys, now that you're a young bilingual professional person living and working out in the world, and you can reflect back on your experience of acquiring English, what was that really like for you? And from every conversation we had, something they would say would make me go, and that's your chapter, and that's your chapter, and that's your chapter. And so I created this book called Take Me Home. It's a true story of 11 of my former bilingual kids who give that firsthand account. It's written through their eyes, their perspective of what it's like to become bilingual here. And we weave Nancy's story through it. And it's written in English and it repeats in Spanish in the same book. And we're really proud of it. We're really proud of the connections it's making around the country. That's amazing. Thanks. And as a teacher of language learners for the past 20 years, I can tell you that this is the first of its kind. And that's what's really, you know, that's what's really amazing about it. And I think which is really cool. What like grade level would you say the reading level would be like? What kind of readers are you seeing reading this book right now? So what I'm currently seeing happening right now is I would say probably eighth grade and up middle and high school students are reading it. Educators are reading it all over the country. Every education member from a support teacher to uh, a teaching assistant to a teacher to administrator, superintendents, everybody involved in, you know, with the word school, you know, um, has been resonating with it. Um, future teachers have been reading it at the universities uh, so they yeah. can get a leg up on perspective before they start to work with ELLS. And I've uh, been traveling to some conferences as well. So the interesting part, too, has been I've been approached by business leaders. So we do a great job in our schools of working with ELLS and, you know, that, that free education. But a business leader said to me, Andrea, we really struggle in the business world with how to work with the parents who are learning English and giving them the opportunities they deserve to learn the language. And so uh, I've started to present to them on this same topic as well. Wow. Yeah, that was a wow. cool surprise. That was a turn I didn't expect, but I'm, yeah. I'm excited about it for our parents. No, and I love that it can be used with, you know, kids who are going through the same thing that can identify with it. I think that's, you know, really important in as well as just kind of strengthening our libraries. And then as a dual language teacher, the fact that it's in Spanish too, mm -hmm. um, God, that's really not e easy to find. So yeah. I think that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And that was important to me to have it translated into Spanish within the same book. You know, there were a lot of reasons for that. Uh, first, I wanted Nancy's parents to be able to read comfortably about their daughter in the language that they prefer. 
You know, it's um, and the second reason was is because I wanted people to get a feel for what it might be like to attempt to look at something in a different language and see if they could figure out how to comprehend it. So there were a few reasons for that. Yeah, when you talk about let's just take one of the stories, for example, mm -hmm. and just kind of I know we've, you've talked about Nancy's story, but let's just take you know, one of the stories one by one, as you go through and you're, you're, you're been through this process where you've read through it so many times, let's just yeah. take them. And what is, what is some of the, the key takeaways in terms of perspective? What are the students feeling? Yes. So we talked a lot about this and, and there are many stories, like you just said, throughout the, the book, there are two things I really hope that people take away from it. The first thing is when you meet someone who's learning a language for the first time, please treat that time in their life like an asset, not a deficit. Because a lot of kids walk around feeling like rotten apples. And it's so helping them know that this time is tough, but it is an asset long-term that telescope thinking instead of microscope thinking is one important connection people have made and we hoped they did. The second one is that lack of language never equals lack of intelligence. And I think sometimes people make that assumption based on the fact that they couldn't speak comfortably at that time in English. So those are the two assumptions that people uh, are walking away with. And that's what the young people involved in this book were really hoping to, that they would see. Wow. Those are important components. You know, a lot of educators find themselves sometimes shying away mm -hmm. from the challenge of teachers of language learners, specifically mm -hmm. teachers that are monolingual. Um, and I noticed that a lot in the career as I'm working with individuals, as I'm working with educators. And, you know, when we talk about the challenges, I know the research even says it, that the challenges outweigh, you know, are outweighed by people's willingness. Um, and sometimes there's those structural things that are involved. There's those organizational pieces. There's all those pieces inside of it that uh, sometimes have difficulty, you know, kind of just jumping in because, you know, there's those ports placed and there's so many different challenges because each one of them has their own story and their own experience. How do you recommend that educators continue to believe that they can when, the challenges are ahead of them. Yes. So I think that, you know, specifically in terms of working with L's or, or any students that might be struggling at, at that time, the first thing you learn is to ask a lot of questions and you have to start to embrace the idea that there's a lot you may not know. And so something I kind of created in the, in the presentation I do with our educators is here are 10 essential questions you should ask when you receive an L student. And so it's really important to team up with your L teacher or other teachers that work with those L's as well, or your L coordinator, whoever that might be, and start to gather a lot of background information. Because I feel like, you know, when you're informed, you feel empowered. And so a lot of times it's that fear comes from, I don't know anything about this kid. I don't know what to do with them. I don't know where they're from, or I'm basing my beliefs on my experience from another student I had before them that was from the same country. Well, guess what? You know, their experiences could be vastly different. You know, we had students in the book that were from boarding schools. We had students in the book that were highly educated in English in India, in British English, before they came over. We had students who had never been educated. We had students who went uh, between two homes and were educated in two different buildings in two different languages. So there's so many experiences. So start to ask a lot of questions when you get fearful. Um, the other thing I always say is, you know, no one reaches success alone. 
it's really important to remember that you don't have to have this all by yourself and that it's important to team up because as a team, you're better and you can work with those students. And I think that also you have to remember that I always like to use this analogy I'd read in Ed Milet's book, The Power of One More. And it talks about this pinata story. Have you heard this? Yeah. I just got the book. I just oh got gosh. it. Oh, I, I cannot it. wait to read it. I just okay. listened to an awesome podcast. I love Ed Milet. Same. And so I have yes. so many post-its in this book. So one of the stories he tells in this book, which I think really is applicable to anyone in life and educators, especially in this conversation, is that he went to this birthday party and there were like, you know, a five-year-old birthday party and there were 20 kids there and they had this pinata. And every kid is going up and he's whacking this pinata and nothing's happening. And the next kid's whacking this pinata and nothing's happening. And 20 kids later, finally, somebody hits this pinata, it breaks open and everybody's celebrating, right? We're getting the candy. We got the win, right? And the analogy, you know, he talked about, which I think applies to us is sometimes it's really hard when we're working with L's or any student to see every swing we're taking to help them with their success and nothing's happening. And you're like, oh, this is not working. I give up. This is not working. I give up. You know, I don't, I'm fearful in the future again. It didn't work last time. I'm not taking another swing, you know? And I think what I realized from that is it takes a lot of swings to break open success for some kids. And you have to know that in advance before you start to get in line to hit the pinata. And you also have to be okay with handing that bat off to somebody else sometimes if you get tired. We're handing that bat off to somebody else if you don't know what to do and let them take a swing and know that you were still part of that success because you led that student to somebody else that could help them too. And so I love that analogy from Ed. And I just think it reminds us of the factor of time, effort, and opportunity with support. Keep swinging. Yeah, keep, keep swinging. swinging. And what keep keeps swinging. us, you know, and one thing that, you know, I keep coming into contact with in, in my work as I'm heading out into places and speaking and getting in person with people again in the same room. I know we were just discussing how excited we are about that. Yeah. You know, one thing that I found is that I, you know, show up to, to remind educators to keep swinging because mm -hmm. of all the challenges, but there's challenges for educators. And then there's challenges for educators with, students with unique learning situations, um, especially lack of access, you know, talk a little bit about being an educator with L's and the challenges that have increased throughout the pandemic. Absolutely. You know, the lack of access piece is important. And what I like to call it is lack of resources in terms of navigation. I think that a lot of the L's that I've worked with and the parents that I work with all the time, just aren't sure of how to navigate all of these different things we expect, not only in the school system, but in the community system, in the state system, in the medical system in the U.S., especially if they're coming from another country and they, they don't have any experience here. So, you know, being that navigator for them and that advocate for them is such a, an important piece. You know, how are the school systems different? How is the medical system different? What are the daily expectations? You know, in Take Me Home, we had kids who would home for lunch every day. They didn't know they were supposed to stay when they came. We had parents who could 100% trust to the teacher and did not think it was respectful to ask questions and check in on their student. We had differences in time expectations. Whereas one o'clock, you know, in our school meant one o'clock and with mom and dad and, and the culture they came from, maybe they showed up at two and it was okay. 
you know, so just being clear in communication and navigating those differences. So I really feel like that's one of the biggest pieces that, you know, L teachers wear as a, and one of our hats is not only but teacher, but navigator. Absolutely. And I'm writing copious amounts of notes <laughs> as I sit here and listen to you. Um, yeah, it, it's, you know, the, it's, it's that idea. It's, it's just so much more than just the four walls of the classroom, which I think is a big challenge, right? You're sitting there and talking about all of these things that are literally introducing people as members of this society in understanding culture, understanding policies, understanding what they can and cannot have mm -hmm. is really interesting. And it's a part that I never, ever even believed. And as I work in a school and I work in a district that does that very well, mm -hmm. I've just kind of been floored by how much there is that goes on behind the scenes just to get a few of them in the door, offering child care when we have a meeting, offering translation all the time, being able to provide some sort of support to get them there, feeding them. Um, you know, getting them, you know, in, in those ways. And it's just trying to get people to just know that it's okay to ask. Mm -hmm. It's okay to, to come mm -hmm. in and get these supports. These supports are here for you. It, in fact, if you don't ask for them, you're probably not going to get what you need. And that's culturally, that's complicated. I mean, for people to, to take in. It is. And I think it's complicated for, for both teams. You know, I always say that, you know, when L's are in the building or L families are in the building, everybody in the building should know who that student is and what they might need. Because for an L teacher, 75% of that student experience is outside of your four walls. And that's why I think that there are so many hats that, you know, educators in this field wear, because you're a constant connector. You're connecting with every teacher in that building, every office team member, every custodian, every cafeteria worker, the bus drivers, the, the support teachers and teaching assistants that run the buses at the end of the day. You have to make sure you've, you've stretched your reach, you know, to everybody, especially for newcomers, so that they can experience success outside of your four walls and their parents are depending on you when they drop them off in the morning to be that for them. And then, like you said, their parents are expecting you to be a connector for them with their teachers and all those people that we just talked about and then add on the community resources. So it, it's a big job. I'm proud to do it. Um, you know, being in this field for 15 years, it's highly rewarding. And um, but I also understand that you, that's why you need all hands on deck. It takes a village. It really does. <laughs> it does. It really does. You know, we talk about all of these great things that educators are doing. And one thing that we do on this show is we dedicate an episode to someone who's out there unlocking unlimited potential in all whom they serve. And I know all of this goes without saying, but there are some great people out there that are really, you know, they're not even getting on podcasts. They're not sharing things on social media. There's a lot of people out there that are just doing incredible things. So tell us a little bit about Dr. Tracy Costa. So Dr. Tracy Costa is a colleague uh, and friend, and I have worked with her for almost probably a decade now. She is 
a dedicated teacher. She started out working the elementary level. She is currently our assistant principal at our school right outside of Philadelphia. And I watch her day in and day out come in with a smile on her face, no matter what is happening outside of those four school walls and giving her best to kids. Uh, she oversees teachers. She oversees students. She oversees um, new teachers. Um, she has really exemplified positive mindset and the power of yet. And I'm just really proud of her and proud to know her and work with her because she reminds kids every day that they can. And um, she's currently working on her very first book herself, which I hope I've been encouragement to her for. And I can't wait to see what she does next. Shout out to Dr. Costa. Hello. Good luck with the book. And thank you for all that you do. You know, as we sit here and we talk about all these amazing things that have happened in your career, because they really are amazing things. Um, and I'm sure as you sit back and reflect it and actually, you know, being able to walk through the book process with 11 students must have been extremely rewarding. And to me, getting kids to get to that level where they can actually be proud of something that's out there in print and, you know, doing that you know, when you were a teacher is pretty incredible. So let's that to me is unlocking unlimited potential. So if you could just finish my sentence and take it all and put it into a bottle. All right. Yes. Unlocking unlimited potential means. I thought about this and it means never making an assumption that would deflate a student's academic, social or emotional potential and being willing to commit to being a lifetime learner to continue to unlock it. Yes, we're always growing and we're always learning new things about ourselves that help us with our students as well as learning new things about our students. Yes. You yes. Know, there's been a lot of great answers and that just is up there as well. I mean, it's it's been amazing talking to you and I know you got a lot of things going on. So what's next for you? I'm excited. So the good news is, is that, you know, Take Me Home is, is doing well across the country. Teachers are enjoying purchasing it from Amazon and Barnes and Noble and checking out our website, um, which is andreabittnerbooks.com. And even more exciting is some people came to me and started to say, hey, Andrea, we'd love for you to come talk to our teachers. And so we started to travel, um, heading down to Orlando, Florida this week to at the ICLE um, Model Schools Conference to present this Take Me Home, Unmasking the Fear of Communicating with L Families. And from there, uh, we're heading to Texas in July to work with some teachers out there. And uh, other educators have started to call from all around the country um, to ask us to present. So uh, I'm going to continue teaching and, you know, talk to teachers, which is great stuff. And um, oh, one exciting bonus was we were featured on the news this week. Uh, yes, so, yes awesome. which, was, which was a very good surprise. So all great stuff happening. And we really just look forward to getting out there and spreading this message to, and, and supporting educators and strengthening their connections with L students and teaching them real tools as to how to communicate with their parents. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for all that you are doing. That's just really it's amazing stuff and it's amazing that you're able to do this while also continuing to contribute to the work that is happening in classrooms. So you're the real deal. I mean, let's be honest. You're you're in there, you're in the trenches, you're 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 doing the work. And now in the summer, you got a schedule and you want to continue to share. Um we rise by lifting others. We say it all the time on this show and so just really appreciate you for your work and 
If you haven't gotten your copy, take me home. I can't wait. I got mine. I'm looking forward to diving in a little bit deeper. I was hooked by the first pages. Really well written. Um, you know, it's it tells like a story, and and the story is written in a way that is helpful, in my opinion, as a as a as a writing teacher. Um, it helps teach kids how to write well, and I think that it's in in two languages is just amazing. So looking forward to diving in a little bit deeper. And so I wish you all the best of luck in everything. And I thank you for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was great to meet you. I appreciate you. So to all the listeners out there, just remember that the journey toward unlocking unlimited potential begins with you. For Do not forget as you get out there, everyone, to continue to educate with passion. Thanks, everyone. Have an awesome day.